As a vibrant part of campus life, our chapel gathering at Trinity Western creates opportunities for us to hear and be changed by God's story in Jesus through music, teaching, prayer, scripture reading, and storytelling. We're glad you're listening in today. We hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. in a different chapel today than we've had in the past, so I'm not preaching a sermon. Praise the Lord. Happy for the break. Um, but I want uh, the two guests that I have to just introduce themselves, and then we'll, we'll get into what our, our topic is. So, Ose, I'll go with you first, because you're first on my screen. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Ose. Um, I'm a fourth-year bio student at Trinity, um, and I'm excited to be here and have this opportunity to speak. Thanks. Uh, James for this opportunity. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm also uh, excited to be here with you guys having this conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, we don't have a, a ton of time, but in our short time that we have, uh, we just wanted to talk about sort of like COVID-19. You know what I'm saying? COVID is this crazy pandemic that has fell upon the earth and uh, has everybody social distancing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we'll transition into uh, just talking about sort of the racial unrest, this, this powder keg of incidents that exploded uh, first in the U.S. this summer, but then also kind of spread everywhere. And, uh, and we'll dig into how you guys are coping with that and if you got any wisdom for the Trinity community. So starting with COVID, COVID-19, uh, I'll go with you, Angel. How, how are you doing just navigating life, classes online, you're living in, did you, not Skidmore, but uh, Jacobson? Jacobson, yeah. Jacobson by the railroad tracks. Like, how, how is mm -hmm. life as a Trinity student? It's definitely been a very long year. And uh, I'm pretty sure many students and other people as well um, empathize with this. Um, it's almost like COVID came out of nowhere. I did not expect my year going like this, as many other people uh, did. Um, it's sort of been like a roller coaster. Um, yeah, it was just uh, unbelievable at the beginning. Uh, nobody really knew what, what was going on and then interested in, and people are stuck. Uh, they can't go anywhere. They have to isolate, quarantine. People can't really gather as much as we did. Church is not a thing anymore, at least in-person church. Uh, schools looks, uh, school looks very different. Um, I never thought I'd say this, but I do miss the way school was before COVID. Yeah, going to class and everything uh, just seems um, distant on, uh, on Zoom or online. So, yeah, there's a lot that uh, we've all had to navigate, I'm sure. But um, I think for some people, I think... Um, I think the worst part about COVID was not really uh, having a chance to go home uh, with borders closing here and there and just the uncertainty of whether you'll be 
let into the country uh, or home that you're going to or if you'll be let back into Canada for school and uh, just worrying, having family worry about you and you worrying about family. Um, it just looks different for, like compared to home, COVID looks so much different here and it looks different there. So like trying to understand what it's like, what it must be like for my family there and what it, them thinking what, what it must be like for me here. So yeah, lot, lots of uncertainty, uh, lots of um, just chances to gather and be together with friends and family, just uh, feel that loss uh, as I'm sure many other people do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, what, what about you, Osei? Just, uh, you know, navigating COVID and uh, what, what are some ways that maybe you've been adjusting to COVID, but also that you've, you've seen God kind of show up in, in light of the limitations? Um, I think kind of like Angel said, it's been a time where people, you know, people's lives kind of just got turned around so quick. Like nobody, nobody thought that, you know, in September, everybody would be going to school wearing masks or that we'd have such an impersonal kind of, you know, interaction over Zoom. But I think that I've seen people in a very interesting kind of way, like get closer together because people value, they they have like a renewed sense of value for that, those little moments that you can spend with your family, those like even just calling people, like people value the time much more. And I think God is working to kind of almost build a community because now people have the understanding that it's not, you know, a big gathering that that is what brings community together. It's those little moments. It's that Zoom call you had with a friend. It's, you know, that phone call you had with a family member. Those are those little moments that create community. And I think, you know, COVID, as, you know, shocking as it was, I think that shock kind of brought people together. And, you know, God is using that to, to build other people up, I think. No, I, I totally would agree. I think, um, yeah, you know, it's sort of this, this notion that um, necessity is the mother of all invention. And so, you know, no one, as you, as you guys said, was expecting for COVID to happen. So it came out of the blue. And then people were scrambling for, for so long just to try to catch up. And, and now I feel like, yeah, people are just realizing, you know, the value of people, you know, that if you don't invest in relationships, um, regardless of what the challenges are, then they, those relationships won't be there when, mm -hmm. you know, times like this happen. So, mm -hmm. so, well, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, you guys are younger than me, but when, um, when we were kind of planning over this summer and then getting back to campus, uh, there was not, I want to say a, a big brouhaha, but you know, some people were kind of like feeling a certain way that we weren't going to have in-person chapel gatherings. Um, and for me, you know, even in church life, I know a lot of local churches kind of wrestled with this too. Um, I'd love to be able to worship with you guys in person. Like, that would be awesome for you to come to the gym as we're used to. But um, I want to be alive, <laughs> too, you know? Like, I, I want to make sure that, um, like, I love everybody enough to say, like, nah, keep your distance. Uh, we're just going to record, you know, this chapel stuff on, like, Zoom, like what we're doing now. Um, how has it been for you guys just, like, not being able to worship together with people like you're, like you're used to? Uh, I'm, it's been hard for me, I think. 
it's it's kind of a mix like you know like you said like you know i want to take those precautions but i've always found that like there's a different atmosphere when you're with other people that are in like of one mind and you know all of you are joined together in worship i feel like there's just that it's just a different atmosphere like when you worship by yourself and then when you worship with even like if it's a couple of friends like four or five people and all of you are just in that place of worship it's just so different so it's been it's been really different but it's been nice though that we still have chapel but yeah it's it's been different for me for sure yeah i miss um going to church in person as well i think the little um like there's things that you wake up early you get ready and you plan there's this planning and energy that goes into it and i think with online church you might want to sleep in later and then maybe have like a certain amount of time to get ready for online church and they're just things that you think you can get away with because it's online and there are things that i've felt like i can get away i can get away with like maybe check my phone or uh be watching church online and eating breakfast or uh, cleaning dishes or whatever so t- uh, things like that that um yeah but i miss i miss going to church and um for me i think it's cultural too like uh community is a huge part um of of my home church and yeah just gathering and uh catching up with people after church and talking and it's it's a chance for you to get to see others and asking the others asking them about how their week has, has been um or whatever and yeah i just miss that sense of closeness with um with other people of god yeah yeah, yeah no that's 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 a, a valid thing you know like just not there's definitely something you lose with being mm-hmm. unable to gather in person but you you mentioned community you know sort of you you have this this face to face person to person community where you get to catch up with people how was your weekend that kind of thing um, just yeah. to pivot a little bit uh, when I think about all the racial unrest that started kind of happening this summer, which of course we know are, are not isolated incidents, you know, um, you know, I've, I've talked with a number of classes, you know, students here at, at Trinity and, and adults and, uh, and students as well. And, and you know, Fannie Lou Hamer uh, said during the, the 1960s uh, civil rights movement in the U.S. that uh, black people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, and that's really, you know, why everything imploded the way that it did. So um, just in light of community, um, how are how are you guys doing? You know, with everything that's been going on this summer, and now transitioning back to to classes here at, at Trinity. Um, I guess there was shock and disbelief and loss. And admittedly, I don't personally know them, but uh, I'm sure that we all felt some sense of loss. Um for their lives and with all the other events that happened. So there, for sure there's, there was a lot of emotions, a lot of questions, questions that uh, some of them I still don't have answers to. Um, just, yeah, uh, an internal struggle of trying to make sense of all that was happening. 
Um, and then in the beginning, there was also hope that, you know, this might be it. Um, this might be the thing that, you know, brings about change. Um, and now that's not looking like it is at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of hurt. Um, yeah, questions that... Um, uh, there are a lot of questions that I posed to you, Reverend James, and um, conversations that we had even with friends. And I think one of the great things that happened and is happening in throughout uh, this, everything with everything that's going on, is that people are starting to have conversations. Um, some conversations were um, positive, and um, you know built built my hope and other and, and other things but others were were also disappointing and not as constructive as I'd hoped they'd be and yeah there's just still a lot of confusion and a lot of questions and just uncertainty and the only thing really that uh, is comforting in all this is that uh, God is alive and that he'll one day make everything right. And I haven't been able to find that comfort in friends and in family, but with God, I know that it's assured. And uh, that's just one one of the things that I'm clinging to right now. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I, it's, it, even right now, like the emotions, just, if I unpack them, it's just, it's a lot. Like the very first you know, incident that really got everything going. It was just, I was in shock for like two days. I was just, for two whole days, I was just going through the motions and I was just in complete shock. And, you know, over the summer, I kind of felt like the summertime, you know, people were having this conversation. So interestingly enough, like I kind of feel the opposite way of Angel. I feel like people were having conversations over the summer but then, you know, as other people got busy with school, uh, you know, school started, people started going back to their jobs, you know, that kind of, the conversation kind of dwindled off. And it just kind of felt like it was something that was trending over the summer. And, you know, the trend is kind of dying now. So people, you're, we're moving on to the next thing. That's, that's kind of how I feel right now. Um, but I do know that, like, one of the things that I'm thankful for, though, is that this time was so different than any other time. Like, social media was a powerful, powerful tool that God used, I believe, to bring to light things that have been happening before. And, you know, people were now better informed. People now couldn't make excuses that they didn't know because it was everywhere. Um, there was information, there was resources. And I think that that's a powerful like place to start from. The fact that there is information there, there's stuff that we can go back to reference. Um, you know, there are resources available to anybody. Um, and I think that, you know, God used the, you know, power of social media to actually bring about 
you know, social outrage. People now, you know, it wasn't just black people trying to explain to everybody else. So this is what happened. Like everybody was aware. This was stuff that was on a global scale just because of, you know, one story share, one Facebook like here and there and people got to know. And so I think that that was something that was really comforting that we were now in an age where, you know, things weren't just being swept under the rug because they weren't seen, but people were seeing it. It was coming out more. Um, but yeah, I'm still kind of in that place where it just kind of feels like a movie, like mm. crazy how any of it happened. Yeah. Yeah, part of the, the conversations I've had, you know, with various students and folks here at Trinity uh, and really beyond is, is just trying to help them understand uh, sort of whiteness or understand white privilege, understand uh, even just racial injustice, you know, police brutality, that, that these, again, are not, are not isolated incidents. And as a person of color, you know, you're always navigating them, particularly in the West, just kind of every day of your life, you know. Um, and I think, you know, when I think about the Bible and, and Christian circles, you know, sometimes we, we have this paradigm, and this is kind of what whiteness is, where, where whiteness and, and the ways in which white people sort of understand things, um, the privileges that they have that just are incumbent upon them because of the way society is set up. You think about colonization, you know, segregation, supremacy. Uh, that basically, the, the theology says uh, white is the standard, you know, um, the way that white people may think about something or process things, their, their theologies, their ideologies, that's, that's the standard, and everything else is sort of substandard. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an alternative here and there that you, know, you might intera interact with, but it's not the same. It's not as good. It's not valuable. And that's not the gospel. You know? the, the gospel you know, says in Revelation that you know, all tribes, all tongues, all nations will one day worship uh, the, 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 the Lord. And, and so we have to be here on earth. We're just in a dress rehearsal for what heaven will look like, but that's easier said than done as these, these events sort of, sort of articulate. Um, how are, how are you guys doing just, you know, being in Canada? I mean, I think, um, uh, sometimes when I talk to my Canadian brothers and sisters, um, particularly who do not have the permanent tan that we have, they, uh, they will allude to things that make you make you feel like, oh, they think Canada is like, uh, what, what? How do they say it? They say it. Canada is like a mosaic, and whereas in the U.S., the U.S. is a melting pot, and so the U.S. is this place where people just go and they're all swept up into a American, you know, way of thinking and being. Whereas in Canada, it's this great mosaic where all the pieces come together and everyone is valued. And I'm thinking, maybe. But I don't know if my indigenous uh, brothers and sisters feel the same way. You know, I don't know if you've read a history book because you know history will say something different. So I'm just curious um, for you all. You know, being being in Canada, what what is it like around some of these issues and your peers and stuff? Uh, I, yeah, I I've heard that a lot, the whole mosaic thing, and I think that's a very, I guess, lazy might be a really strong word, yeah. but I feel like it's a very lazy approach. Um, because the honest truth is that the history of Canada is laced with racial injustice. That's just a fact. And um, yeah, I feel like it's, and especially in Canada, because I feel like I've heard so many people like justify 
like, oh, well, we're not like America, you know, we don't have kids shooting up schools, we don't have, you know, this, we don't have that. But I feel like Canada doesn't take responsibility for like, our own is different, we have to deal with our own differently, we can't use America as, you know, the standard for, okay, well, you know, we can't be racist because we don't do this like America. No, no, no. Racism takes different forms. The treating of indigenous children in residential schools, that was racism, but it's not like America. But that that's an issue that needs to be dealt with on its own independently, not, oh, well, we're not America. We don't do this. We don't do that. So we're not racist. You know, we're we're multicultural, we're accepting of, of every race, every social group. And that's just, if we continue, you know, in that, in that, you know, in that way of thinking, then nothing ever gets changed. Nothing, nothing's actually going to move and progress. We have to actually start, you know, recognizing that there's a problem before we can actually change what is going on so i think that's a really big one for me that whole mosaic thing like once we start moving away from trying to be like oh you know we're accepting and actually deal with the hard issues of you know canadian history and even what's going on right now in canada that's when we can actually start taking steps in the right direction miss angel um, I don't think it's something that uh, stops at a border. It doesn't stop at the Canadian-American border. It doesn't stop just within North America or whatever. I think it's a disease that, regardless of whether you're American or Canadian or, or from some European country, it's a disease that you are susceptible to. And so it's just false to think that because you're Canadian or that we're in Canada, racism is not an issue. And like also say that um, justice mentality has so many people suffering in silence. Um, uh, for sure, it does look different here than it does in the States. Um, it's more subtle. So it's hard to pick up, it's hard to point, and sometimes it's hard to fight because you're not really sure what it is that you're, you're fighting with. But uh, yeah, for sure, it, it's, it, it's, it's not something that, yeah, that's, it's not a, an American problem, it's a, it's a human problem, really, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm preaching through the the book of Job um, this this fall uh, along with other guests and stuff for chapel and part of what we've we've tried to articulate is that um, yeah like suffering happens to all all people you know and um, but but if you're a person of color particularly in the West you know you're you're disproportionately impacted by this kind of racialized violence and injustice. Uh, as as you both have articulated, it's it's a long long history. We're not talking about you know just just residential schools, you know, in the um, you know first half of you know the 19th century. We're not talking about um, just uh, the transatlantic slave trade. Like 
you can just go back and back and back and see all these ways that systemically um, people with, uh, with color have been colonized and mistreated and abused and killed. And so I think, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm glad you guys shared your perspectives and um, I hope that you feel encouraged, you know, uh, Trinity's not a perfect place. I think we all, we all know that that's, that's okay. Um, but I, I hope it's a place where you feel uh, valued, increasingly valued, um, increasingly cared for, and uh, that we're, we're kind of all in this together and trying to, trying to do our part to, to make positive change towards uh, the, the shalom, the peace that God really intends for, for all people. So, well, I'll, uh, let's, let's uh, close it out a little bit, but um, I'm going to end with uh, two questions. So yep. both of you guys got to answer the question. First question is, uh, I'm giving you uh, all expense paid trip. I mean, not, you know, this is after COVID. So after COVID. Uh, all expense paid trip. You can go anywhere in the world. Where would you go? You're going for two weeks. I got you covered. Money's no problem. Where would you want to go and why? What? Easy. Andy, I would go, go home. home and yeah, I'd go home, see my family, see my friends. Okay. Yeah. I would go home too. Like, I'd go back to Nigeria and stay there for what? Two weeks. So. Do we do we got a quarantine though? Cause no, no, we we after COVID. No, we're done. We're done all the okay. Done. okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. if um if Tyler Perry or Oprah uh, write me a check, um one of these days, I I got I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, the last question we'll end on is just um, uh, what's one thing you know? Because I think part of whether it's COVID, whether it's you know racial issues, part of what um, I hope comes out of some of this, you know, in terms of the conversations we've been talking about. Some people started them early in the summer. Other people maybe have started them now. But just um, it really is an opportunity for people to, like, really spend time to get to know each other, you know, people across differences, different races, different cultures, different backgrounds. Um, what is, what's one thing about, about you that, like, most people don't know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. I, I, okay. I have something. I have something. Okay. It's not like super interesting or whatever. Uh, I guess most people don't know I wear size 11 men's shoes. Okay. Look at I, that. I didn't know that. Oh, say being vulnerable. I, I, <laughs> I wear size six shoes. <laughs> Seven on a good day. Um, I'm not as scary as I look or unapproachable. Actually, like like having conversations. And I think I'm funny, so. I think so too. I agree. Yeah. With that. I agree with that. She's pretty hilarious. Who said you look scary? Some people say I'm an, I look unapproachable. Okay. Okay. Like I always look serious. I seen you smiling the other the other week. You were walking uh, downstairs by the coffee shop thing. You had your little earbuds on and everything. Like I was I was probably on the phone with somebody. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for sharing. Um, and uh, this isn't the, the last time we'll, we'll do this. We'll have some more conversations and um, have some different folks and everything. So thanks for, for spending some time with me. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship with you at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with Chapel and Student Ministries by following us on Instagram at TWU Chapel and at TWU Student Min. Much love.